Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. NASCAR has just announced it is official here at Talladega, and Bubba Wallace has been deemed the winner of the Yellowwood 500 at Talladega. Bubba Wallace, the winner at Talladega, his first ever career win at the NASCAR Cup Series level. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity X5. Internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you for yet another get-together. And this get-together, friends, is going to be our final show of 2021. And in this show, we're going to look back at our best moments throughout the year. We're going to look back at NASCAR's history on dirt and hear from Joey Logano after he won the first-ever dirt race at Bristol. But first, Bubba Wallace scored a historic win at Talladega Super Speedway this past fall. And after that win, Woody Kane and Steve Post got together to look back at Bubba's rise to that moment. NASCAR has just announced it is official here at Talladega, and Bubba Wallace has been deemed the winner of the Yellowwood 500 at Talladega. Talladega, a lot of history here. Back to 1963, Wendell Scott, you were part of the ceremony, the trophy ceremony a few weeks ago at Daytona. What does it mean to you? as an African-American athlete to win a NASCAR race? Um, I mean, words can't describe it. You know, I've never paid attention because I didn't want that to be the main focus. And I just want to go out and drive and be a driver and just compete with all my competitors out here. And and uh, this is what happens when we can focus on going out and competing and just being a driver. Things settle in in place and history's made. Steve, guys who know you, fans who know you, know that you've been doing the, the summer shootout series for Legends Cars at Charlotte Motor Speedway for many years, decades in fact, and that's where you first encountered a young Bubba Wallace. Tell us about him at that point, now that he's a big time Cup Series winner. I know, you know, Woody, one of the, it's one of the greatest gigs for the last 24 years. I have been the, the, the track announcer over at Charlotte for the for the summer shootout, and I've seen all the kids come through, and, and I'll never forget when, when Bubba came along, um, he was, the, the thing that really, there, there's two things that really struck out with me uh, as far as Bubba. 
Uh, first and foremost, he was a very, very hardcore racer. Even even as a kid, and we're talking, Woody, we're talking teens here, early teens. He was always on the gas. He was he was so uh, aggressive in in a great sense of aggressive. You know, a lot of times aggressive is a bad word. It was he always pushed it right to the right degree to get to the front of the field. And he was a hardcore racer. The other thing I remember about him, though, and, and this always, this, this, I, I, I thought about this. You remember a few years ago when we had rain delays and him and Corey LaJoy got to throw in the football up into the stands. That was Bubba the kid at the summer shootout. He'd get out of that race car, crew would be working on it, whether it be throwing a football or wiffle ball or raising cane with somebody else just always just full of life and personality i mean just two things stand to mind from bubba the teenager are the same bubba the cup series winner full of life full of personality bigger than life smile he as a little kid he had that bigger than life smile and he used it and showed it a lot and then boy when he climbed in behind that legends car he was all business and, and he had he had good success over there he uh won a number of races and just was always in the mix he was always at the front of the field he's of course an alabama native for folks who aren't as familiar with his background who moved to north carolina as a kid and went to northwest cabarrus high school graduated from there so we here kind of claim him as our own now mm -hmm. even though he's an alabama native but that guy who who moved through Northwest Cabarrus and then through the Legend Series and now to the top of the sport, just give folks a sense of, of how difficult it is to A, get to that point, and B, have success because you gotta have the right team, the right equipment, the right chemistry with the people that you're around. So many things have to come together to have success at the highest levels of NASCAR. Well, yeah, and when you look at just Legends racing alone, there's thousands of kids that have done it and then you throw in you know micro sprint racing and all of the forms of feeder series of these kids there's thousands of kids and and to, to funnel them down and to funnel them down and to funnel them down it takes it, it it takes a a lot of talent and 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 bubba has always had that so have a lot of kids it takes a lot of time making it yeah it, exactly it takes a lot of drive a lot of commitment it takes, and, and, and I think I think Bubby being here in the Carolinas, obviously he got to know people at the shops and he got to know people and he was able to navigate and man, this might not be a team you might want not to be with. This is a team you'd like to be with. And I just think he's been a, he's been a student of the system. Um, and I think that's so important for a young race car driver is to, is as you climb that ladder from the Legends cars to the late model stocks to the K&N East series. And that's the, that's the course that Bubba took and, and then to the truck series and then to get kicked back down and then to get back up and then to, and, and to climb and then to scratch and to claw. Um, I think that's the journey that every short track racer that has made it on the basis of talent. I think when you look at uh, Denny Hamlin is a guy that made it on the basis of just sheer talent, grit and determination. And he had a, Denny had a great break along the way when he got to meet the folks at Joe Gibbs Racing. But that's why you're out there fielding your late model and, and running your legends car and doing this is you've got to be out there. And, and Bubba has just constantly ground and dug and scratched and clawed. And, you know, he got the, got this little deal and got that little deal, won some truck series races, which were huge on his resume, prove he could do it. And it is a difficult challenge for any young driver to climb the ladder. And, and, and Bubba has done it. Obviously, he's done it very, very well. Coming up, we look back at NASCAR's history of dirt racing.
Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. NASCAR's schedule traveled to many new places in 2021, but one of the most anticipated races was the return to dirt at Bristol Motor Speedway. Ahead of that return, we looked back at the history of the sport on dirt. It was September 30th, 1970, and it was to be the final dirt track race for the NASCAR Cup Series for many years. A race fans at this end of the speedway on their feet as Richard Petty moves into turn number three. Richard Petty won the home state 200 at State Fairgrounds Speedway in Raleigh, North Carolina for the 117th victory of his career. During post-race interviews, Petty admitted that dirt tracks seemed to be becoming a thing of the past but he added that he hoped a few such tracks would be put back on the schedule someday because, as he put it, this is where our brand of racing started. It has taken over 50 years, but the King is about to get his wish as the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol marks the return of the Cup Series to the type of surface on which the sport began. The early days of NASCAR marked visits to venues such as county fairgrounds, state fairgrounds, rodeo facilities, and any number of crudely designed bull rings where a track could be hastily carved from a plowed field. The racing surfaces were rough, bumpy, choppy, and often full of ruts or potholes. Mud would clog fuel lines and radiators. There were cracked and filthy windshields. There were broken parts, A-frames, control arms, spindles, motor mounts, sway bars, ball joints, shock absorbers, often littering the track. Drivers would sometimes race for 50 laps with jammed accelerators and for as many as 100 laps with no brakes. It was not uncommon for cars to crash through guardrails and wooden fences, to disappear over embankments, to land in the middle of trees and shrubbery, or even to land in nearby swamps and ponds. The NASCAR Cup Series, known at the time as Grand National Racing, played out continually before enthusiastic audiences all over North America in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s in the dust and dirt of local and regional bull rings. Yet things happened in that era and on those tracks which were truly historical in nature. For example, it was at the half-mile dirt track known as the Dayton Speedway in Dayton, Ohio, where Jimmy Florian took the checkered flag and gave Ford its first Cup Series victory on June 25, 1950. A few years later, on March 26, 1955, Fonte Flock took the win on the dirt at the Columbia Speedway in South Carolina, marking the first Cup victory ever for Chevrolet. And on December 1, 1963, Wendell Scott of Danville, Virginia, drove his car to the win at Jacksonville Speedway Park, a half-mile dirt track in Jacksonville, Florida, marking the first Cup Series win ever by an African-American driver. But by the late 1960s, the growth of the sport had led to the development of larger facilities with paved racing surfaces, with fewer and fewer dirt tracks remaining on the schedule. That came from a peak of 44 cup races at dirt venues in 1956 to just 15 remaining on the schedule some 10 years later. The final three dirt track races for the cup series would be held in 1970, capped by Petty's win at Raleigh. But in July of 2013, 
after an absence of nearly 43 years, dirt track racing in NASCAR regained the national spotlight when the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series visited the legendary Eldora Speedway in Ohio. Austin Dillon dominated the closing laps and prevailed at a green-white checker finish. Here he comes sliding off turn number four, and Austin Dillon will win NASCAR's return to dirt here at the Eldora Speedway. The following year, Bubba Wallace held off a hard-charging Kyle Larson in the closing laps at Eldora and went to victory lane. It's going to be a huge win for Darrell Wallace Jr. It is going to be huge for him. Bubba wins at Eldora. And in 2018, it was Chase Briscoe and Grant Enfinger, who staged a door-banging overtime finish in the trucks at Eldora. Off turn four, side by side to the finish. Grant Enfinger to the outside. They bounces off the wall. It's Chase Briscoe to the bottom. He will win this. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series brought dirt track racing back to national prominence in NASCAR with those battles at Eldora. And now the eyes of the racing world turn to Bristol, where the trucks will go racing once again on dirt, and the NASCAR Cup Series will take to a dirt surface for the first time in more than five decades. History is once again waiting to be made. And for NASCAR Cup Series drivers, that means the chance to do something no one has done in this series since Richard Petty in 1970. It's the chance to be a winner on dirt. Coming up, we'll hear from the winner of that return to dirt in Joey Logano. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Going into the NASCAR Cup Series return to dirt at Bristol Motor Speedway, many pegged Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell as the favorites to win. But it was actually Joey Logano who went to victory lane in what ended up being his only victory of 2021. After that historic win, Joey joined us here on the show. Joey Logano is with us now, fresh off his win at the dirt track at Bristol Motor Speedway. First time in 50 years that that's happened. Joey and uh, your, your PR guy, Kyle, told me that it has been 18,843 days since that happened. What are the odds of that? Of course he would do the math to figure that out. <laughs> I, I find that kind of funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously very special. Uh, to, to win on the dirt at Bristol. Obviously, it was probably the most anticipated event all year long. I, I think everyone's been talking about this event since it's been announced, maybe more even, even the Daytona 500. Um, you know, I, I'm not taking anything away from Daytona 500. It's, it's still the biggest race to, to win that possible. But um, to be able to, to win on the dirt, you know, for the first time in 50 years, um, something that, you know, I think as a team, we take a lot of pride in. Um, being able to, to try to figure it out first. And um, we obviously had a very good Shell Penzo Mustang and we executed the race very well uh, on top of that and uh, kept ourselves clean and, and towards the front most of the race and um, you know methodically move our way towards the front and keep tires on the car. <laughs> There's definitely plenty of challenges, but you know I think overall uh, to be able to be you know sitting on top and, and 
you know, having that bristle sword uh, and sticking into the dirt, that's that was a pretty special feeling. Now, you said keeping yourself clean. That's a relative term at a dirt race. So give me a sense of what it was like. I mean, was was it all up in your ears and your hair and all that afterwards? What was that like? Um, in comparison to what we do when we go full wheeling and go, you know, side by side trips, it was pretty clean. <laughs> From what I'm used to, I'm usually the, the guy that runs a through all the dirt and the mud holes and, and all that because I think it's funny and, and, and uh, I'm usually the muddiest at the end of those trips. So uh, I'm a little used to the dirt from that aspect. And I like to think that it helped me a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, that's kind of the, the gist of my dirt racing experience is through the woods or going to um, Durham Town and having fun down there on, on some of their racetracks. But, you know, in a side by side and then, you know, I ran some, uh, you know, modified races. Um, you know, starting in Volusia and, and, and ran uh, up in Bristol as well. So, yeah, that's that's my dirt racing background, which isn't obviously very deep at all. But I got to think that stuff definitely helped play into yesterday. You know, you kind of put that on top of stock car racing, right? Like your, your typical short track racing, the skills that you learn over years about how to save tires, um, what you need out of your car, um, you know, at certain moments and how to drive it is kind of a hybrid of both of those. You know, I, I don't think if you were a, a dirt expert, right? If you're, you know, the best, you know, BA dirt guy out there and you put them in one of these cup cars, I think it's so different. You know, those, those late models and modified sprint cars, the, the way you have to drive those cars to make speed is completely different. So it's, it's a really a hybrid of, of both, right? That, that comes together um, when, when you saw this, this race. So. Um, you know, I was glad to be able to have just enough experience to kind of know where the track was going, know what the dirt's going to do and, and how to move around a little bit, at least. That's one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, is saving tires. How different of a feel is that on dirt versus asphalt? You know, you have to do it at a place like Atlanta, where you had just been the week before because the track's so abrasive. But seeing some of the tires come off of those cars with that big square pattern that Goodyear had in there, they looked almost like slicks when they came off of the cars sometimes. They were slicks. <laughs> uh, by the end, they definitely were slicks. And you know, I think the biggest concern was blowing them out. Um, you know, as you you know wear that rubber off and you get down to the cords, well, the next thing's air. <laughs> you know, there's not much after that. So, yeah, you, you had to be careful with that and mindful. And, um, you know, like I said, you, you use a lot of the same tactics that you would use to save tires at, at a Richmond or Martinsville, um, you know, yesterday. And, and it's hard to do, right, because you want to go, right? And, and the, the reward that you hope to get isn't 10 laps later. It's like 35 laps later before you start to see the reward. So you, you needed, I needed long green flag runs um, to start to see the reward from trying to be smart, um, you know? So, it, and it did work out well, you know? I, you know, my mindset inside the car was, you know, run hard for a few laps and settle in and, and try to get one, maybe two more spots throughout the, throughout the run. And, you know, so if you can get two, um, you know, two cars per, everyone's waving to me in the background here at the shop. <laughs> uh, really distracted me here. <laughs> if you can get a couple, um, a couple uh, spots throughout the run, you know, that was kind of my thing. You know, don't, don't overcharge. Don't try to get, you know, more than your car will give you. And um, methodically, I knew our car was good enough to just kind of grab one or two at a time. Now, track officials in NASCAR said uh, during the race that this will be a dirt event next year as well. And it makes me think, well, that would be theoretically with the next gen car. And you're one of the handful of guys who've actually tested that thing. Granted, it was early in the process. But what do you think about trying to make that car work on dirt after you just figured out how to make this car work on dirt? 
I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's where I am with all this. Is is before COVID, we wouldn't have done half the things that we're doing right now, right? And and I always I always think back to the moment when we went to the Daytona Road Course and started with no practice, 40 cars deep. No one even knew what turn comes up next. And you know what? It went just fine. You know, and and if it wasn't for COVID, we'd never ever have done that. So at this point i've been pushed so far out of my comfort zone that i'm comfortable outside of my comfort zone you know so uh which is a great thing i guess <laughs> the number one biggest positives coming out of this pandemic for me is is really just anytime that's so something so far out of the box gets thrown at us i think all right it's not going to be as bad as you expect it to be right you expect it to be a complete mess and it always goes better than you think and I think that's probably the, the key learning for me. So throw it at us at this point. I don't care. <laughs> well, hey, also this past weekend, you were in the booth with Fox for the truck race, and you seem to be enjoying yourself. Is that something you've kind of eyed for down the road, or are you just having fun? I would like to someday. Um, you know, I, I still feel like I got a long ways to go in my, my driving career. But, you know, right now with the lack of practice and, you know, the weekends, you know, not being as um, demanding as, as it's been in the past, especially with our appearances and, um, you know, like I said, practice and, and whatnot. So you, you have a little bit more free time at the racetrack and, hey, if I'm going to be there, put me to work. I, I can't sit still. So, um, you know, I've really enjoyed doing uh, the Fox broadcast, whether it's been Race Hub, whether it's been at the racetrack or, you know, I did the iRacing deal uh, from Fox Studios here in Charlotte as well. So um, I, I like it because well for, for a few reasons for one you get to kind of show your personality and who you are and and, and also just be a race fan like I, I still love this sport I love doing what I do I love watching NASCAR racing as much as I like driving in it so talking about it is something that's natural and easy for me um, and, and then you know being able to give the fans that perspective from a driver that just got off the racetrack you know it could it, that information couldn't be more fresh uh and i love having that ability to do that so um something i have fun doing i would love to do that post driving someday um i don't know when that is I, I feel like that's a long ways down the road still but um in the meantime you know getting to jump up there in the booth here and there is, is, is pretty fun for me Coming up, we'll hear from Joey's former crew chief in Todd Gordon as he announced his retirement to take effect at season's end. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Todd Gordon has been a constant at Team Penske as crew chief for Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney throughout the years. And this past summer, he announced that he would be hanging up the headset after the 2021 season. After that announcement, Todd Gordon joined us here on NASCAR Live. About 10 days ago, you kind of turned us all on our ear by announcing your retirement effective at the end of the year. Um, the decision to get there, Todd, how did, how did we arrive at that? Yeah, I don't know if a retirement's quite the right word, but uh, definitely stepping off the box and, 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 and away from the competition side of, of racing. And um, it just, uh, you know, 23 years down here, um, uh, racing and, and 10 years here at, at Team Penske and you know I've been blessed with a lot of opportunities to, to work with great people and great drivers and um, you know I, I've had a great run and, and it's just a I've got a you know this 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 whole COVID pandemic I think it, it brought all of us to the point where we got a little better realization of things we, we had to step back and, and take a little bit of time to to pause and, and in that pause you know you realize how important you know, family members are, and, and it, 
my, both my daughters were home and, and doing school online and um, working from home as, as much as we could and here in the shop too, but, but having more time there. And um, you realize how much of your life they've missed and, and want to take the time, you know, fortunate to be in the position I'm in right now. And, um, you know, want to take the time to, to be able to, to, to do some other things and do some family things and um, see where that takes us. But uh, um, yeah, it's, it's been a great run and I look forward to closing out the season with Ryan and, and, and seeing what we can do and, and trying to get to Phoenix to, to compete for another championship. That's, uh, that's the ultimate goal. And, and I think the kids got, got the talent to do it. We just, uh, we've, we've got to keep working on our programs here at Team Penske and, and we're working pretty hard at that right now. With MRN, we have some off weekends with PRN. And my biggest fear is don't give me too many of those off weekends because I may enjoy it. That that sounds like similar to what you what you had with COVID was spending some more more quality time at home. Yeah, it's 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 good. To, you know, you realize the sacrifices that your family's made uh, for you to, to to explore the path that 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 have been on. And you know, it's uh, I've I've been blessed with great opportunities and great people. And uh, you know, working for Roger Penske is is the epitome of it. And and uh, you know, it's it's been an awesome run. And um, you know, when 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 he and I talked about this, and you know, he wanted to know what I was going to do. I said I he wanted to know if I was going to race again. And I said if I'm going to be in racing, I'll, I'll be here. It's uh, this this is the best place I can think of to to be. And um, I just don't, you know, it's it, you are you're in the grind. You're you've got blinders on. You're you're straight down the road and trying to figure out, you know, how to be better next weekend. That's that's you know, you come back from a race on Sunday and Monday you 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 debrief that one so you've got better notes of where you can come back next time and. And you're focused straightforward on what you got to do for the following week. So um, it's it's been a great run, and just one that uh, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to have a little bit of time to to just relax with 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 my wife, who's who's been very tolerant of my my passion and my path, and um, and my kids as well. I've got a you know 20 year old and 16 year old, and um, look to look to enjoy some time with them. Yeah, no doubt it is cool as a. As a, a father of uh, college-age kids and older teens, it is—it's a—it's a wonderful time. They're—they're—they're they're, they're just wonderful to be with. When, when I look at this, Todd, um, 23 wins, a Cup Series championship, working for Team Penske. I know that's a lot to give up, but was there something about this that might have been a little easier because you had achieved the success? And I, I've often said this, that if the MRN radio has been my dream job since I first heard racing on the radio, and mm -hmm. if someone came to me and said it was all over, I, I think there's got to be some consolation, the fact that I made it to where I wanted to go. Is, is that the case for you in this decision process as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I got I got to work for Roger Penske and Dean Penske, you know, it's a, and, and won a championship for him, and it's a... Um, you know, great, great run with Joey and, and, and it's been a continuation here with, with Ryan and um, just, uh, you know, great sponsors and great friends within the sponsorship group of, of, of Team Penske. And, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome people to represent and, and it's been a great run. And, but to your point, I won a championship. I'd love to run, win another one. But I, I also, you only get, you only get one life and you know, you, you can spend it all trying to chase a second championship or trying to chase something else. But at uh, some point you, you kind of reflect back and, and say, you know, what's important to me. And, and um, I need to make a priority on a family. That's, 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 that's what drove me to, to, to make this, this step aside and, and figure out what happens next. We clear Atlanta, we go to New Hampshire and then a rarity in the NASCAR world, two off weekends. Yeah. Um, I think we had a schedule last year. I'm not sure we got there with all the COVID changes and everything, but 
what are two off weekends going to be like for you guys, for Team Penske? What's what's that going to be like? Yeah, actually, I've asked the guys to go ahead. And, you know, we're, we're take a little vacation, and and yeah. and even even a lot of my guys that, that on this twelve team that you know have been with with me since since I started here. Uh, a lot of this group's been. I mean, they've been here seven eight years, and several of them been here much longer than that. Um, so they've got they've got vacation time accrued and. I, I kind of suggested it might be worth taking a little bit here because because uh, we get the off season turning turning the, the everything around to re, refab for the the new car. I think we'll be there'll be a lot of work to do in the off season. So um, you know, take a little bit of a breather and, and, and enjoy a couple weeks and, and coming back to to Watkins Glen and, and Andy a couple of road course races afterwards. We'll, uh, we'll we'll have some time off for the guys and just a refresher and, and you know enjoy the family. That's that's the biggest thing I think. Uh, you know, in, in, in my situation, I'm, 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 I'm wanting that. And, and that's part of what my decision was. And um, trying to make sure these guys, you know, we, we need to take a, at least take a, the race team guys, the guys that are traveling every weekend, need to take a breath and enjoy a little time with the families there and in, in, in one of the weeks there. And um, then we'll get, come back and, and be focused on, you know, you've got, you've got to run to the playoffs and it's what four races. And then we get to get to the playoffs and you got time to go. So um It'd be a good rejuvenation for everybody and then uh, and off to focus back to finish the season off strong. Coming up, we'll hear from Ryan Newman after what could be his final full-time season in the NASCAR Cup Series. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Brad Keselowski surprised a lot of people when he announced he was leaving Team Penske to become a co-owner and driver at Roush Fenway Racing. That move left Ryan Newman as the odd man out, and he joined us as he geared up for the Coke Zero 400 and discussed what he wanted his plans to be for 2022. Ryan Newman drives the number six Coke Zero Sugar Ford Mustang at Roush Fenway Racing. You can catch him on Saturday night at Daytona, the World Center of Racing. And Ryan, the last chance for you and about a dozen other guys to race your way into the playoffs. And it's always crazy at super speedways anyway, but how much more crazy is it when you've got that last chance element plus a lot of guys who are just trying to accumulate a few more points as they head to the playoffs, all those different agendas rolling around? Well, I think that. So no doubt the guys that are trying to race their way in are going to be a little bit crazier than the guys that have already raced their way in or have pointed their way in. So, um, you know, we, um, we're going to be a part of that uh, first group uh, because of where we're, where we're sitting in points. But um, really, really excited and proud uh, to be a part of uh, Coca-Cola Racing family, uh, to have the Coke Zero Sugar uh, Ford Mustang this weekend. And uh, even equally as important, or may, if not more, um, to celebrate the life of one of the Coke family members, uh, Joan Salter, she'll have a decal on the car, which she, um, she was, she's been a part of the Coke family um, from, a, from a management side for many years and just recently passed. So I'm um, really, really honored to have her decal on the Coke Zero Sugar car for this weekend in, da in Daytona. Let's talk a little bit about super speedway racing in general. You, of course, everybody knows the story. Last year's Daytona 500 had the, the horrific wreck there came came back bounced right back and you led a little bit at talladega this year super speedway racing i mean does it make your brain tired because it's not physically demanding as some tracks but man playing chess for two or three hours uh would non-stop would seem to be mentally draining 
it is uh, a mental race. Um, you know, obviously it's physical, but it's more biased to mental than any other thing that we do. And then I guess probably the emotional side of it's equally as important because uh, because of the mental side. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you got to put yourself in the right position. And I've I've actually I think I've said it to you before, if not somebody else in, in the past. Um, I've actually been in in the um, in the battle to get to the lead, and once I got to the lead, got tired. Like I just physically, like I had, I had achieved something, and and leading and uh, looking out the mirror was a totally different mental game than it was trying to get to the lead. And um, you know, I realized shortly after that that I needed to stay awake because it wasn't going to last forever. But um, you know, that just tells you the power of your mind in those situations and the um, the power of adrenaline. Um, because I can't fall asleep after a race, but I mentally got tired in the middle of a race while the adrenaline was still pumping. So that tells you how crazy it gets at times, just trying to get to the front and, and uh, you know, playing defense and, and guarding your race car. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about silly season. You probably don't know what's going to happen in 2022 yet. None of us do, I guess. But what do you want to do? The announcement came out earlier that Brad Keselowski is coming over to Roush Fenway next year. What does Ryan Newman want to do in 22? I want to race. I want to have fun. I want to spend time with my kids. Uh, you know, I want to live out their dreams and goals and, and uh, you know, livelihood and, and be a part of that. So I really don't have an answer on what I'm doing. I don't know. Um, I know what I ultimately would want to do is race for, uh, for a championship. Uh, I don't know if those opportunities are out there and have access to equipment like that. Um, so I'm just going to do what makes the most sense for me. Ryan, appreciate your time. I know you got to get back to work here and good luck this weekend trying to race your way into the playoffs. All right. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, we hear the best moments from NASCAR Xfinity Series champion Daniel Hemrick. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Daniel Hemrick's 2021 NASCAR Xfinity Series championship was one of the most popular moments of the whole year. Let's take a look back at that year and his best moments with us here on the Motor Racing Network. Cars just in front of the race leader, including Matt Mills, who will pull his car to the inside of the racetrack, giving the leaders plenty of room. Top side, it's Daniel Hemrick by two car lengths. It's going to be a sequel to what we saw one week ago in Las Vegas with Sindrick winning stage one and Daniel Hemrick winning stage two. It has happened again here this afternoon at Phoenix. Daniel Hemrick across the line, green and white checkered flag in the air and Daniel Hemrick has scored the stage two win in front of Harrison Burton. Final lap in stage number two is underway. It's only gonna take about 20 seconds for that to happen. Hemrick trying to win the stage. Daniel Hemrick's lead is down to about a car length but that's about all he needs at this juncture. Off turn two, down the back straightaway. He shows the way over Noah Gregson. Looking for his third stage win of the season, and he's going to get it. Daniel Hemrick off four and under the green and white checkered flag. Hemrick, Daniel Hemrick winning stage number two. Uh, tell us about your run here, Daniel, your third place finish. Yeah, I'm uh, bittersweet, to be honest with you, man. This Poppy Bank Toyota Super was so fast, and it's cool to get that second stage win. And I'll tell you, um, Man, Dave Rogers and his guys are bringing incredible race cars. And, yeah, I just, you know, we got back there after the stage two trying to, you know, take advantage of the full day. And somebody checked out the middle of one, two and knocked the, the hood up. I could, couldn't see once I got within about a half a car of somebody. So it took me a little bit, probably too long to get used to that, to be honest with you. And we finally 
sort of making progress, got up there with better cars, and really kind of caught me off guard how much better the speed was compared to the field there at the end. I just had to use my stuff up to get there. Once I got to third, thought we were better than the eight and the nine. I just used it up to get there. Is there a shift in the intensity when it comes to the championship battle starting? Like when you hit the ground in Vegas, can you feel any sort of difference? You like to hope no, but you can't deny that it's there. Um, I think that's that's the exciting part, especially going to a playoff format is knowing that no matter what you've done to that point, doesn't really matter um, in a roundabout way. Everybody's got a clean slate. Yet every second front until playoffs start, till playoffs end, there's no days off. I mean, you're grinding it out because you feel what you're talking about. You know that the atmosphere does change, um, and that's exciting. I know it is from the driver's seat. Leaders to the back straightaway. Denny Hamlin's going to move. Driver's left, trying to slide under the lap traffic, and the lap traffic's going to pin Denny on the apron. Hamlin now is around. He's trying to get around the lap traffic. The back end of the car breaks loose. He'll slide to the bottom. He'll spin out. Daniel Hemrick to the lead. Daniel Hemrick to the green and white and caution flag. Stage one comes to an end. Hemrick will win the stage. Denny Hamlin finally refires the car. He'll pull away. A lot happening on this final lap of the stage. Daniel Hemrick joins us here on NASCAR Live. All right, so your trademark in the Legends car was you'd get on the door and you'd do a backflip, okay? When you win that Xfinity Series race, will a 30-year-old Daniel Hemrick even think about that, or is that in the past now? Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit seasoned, for sure, uh, since uh, since my last one. But I'll tell you, I've been really, you know, putting in the work at, um, at you know, our Toyota training facility. Uh, actually, just yesterday, you know, we actually have a couple of interns throughout the year, and one of them got wind of the backflip and they said, man, can you still do it? I said, yeah. They said, no, 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 like right here on the ground. So I bust one out there flat foot on the ground and, and I'm like, yeah, I can still do it. I, I feel like I've, I've got it in my back pocket. So white flag is in the air. Here they come racing back. One more lap in the season. One more lap for a championship. Austin Sendrick running for his life into turn number one. Here comes Hendrick. Hemrick, he dials up the low lane. He goes to the bottom. They're banging behind him. It's Sendrick by a nose. Here they come down the back straightaway for the final time. Sendrick is around Hemrick. He'll grab sole possession of the lead. Hemrick is going to drive it in deep. He gets right on the back bumper. Here comes Daniel Hemrick. They bounce off of each other. Checkered flag in the air. Daniel Hemrick wins the NASCAR Xfinity Series championship and the race by a bumper. He and Austin Sendrick bouncing off of one another, coming to the checkered flag, and Daniel Hemrick is the 2021 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion. He stuck the landing. Now that wasn't just off the, off the door post, that was off the roof of this race car. Daniel Hemrick, as they get you mic'd up here real quick, congratulations. Hey, you got that first win, and it came at the right time. Yeah, tell me about it. I heard your reference jumping off the roof instead of the door top. As long as it's taking me to win, I had to at least up it some way, some form or fashion. So, man, what can I say about Dave Rogers? He's been asking me all year how bad do you want it. We probably deserve way more of these than this one, but I'd, I'd give every single one of them up just to be standing here right now. And just so proud of everyone Joe Gibbs racing. I needed to deliver them way more wins than I did this year, but we, we came through when we needed to the most. I said a minute ago we had to give one up last week to make sure no matter what, we had a shot to get here tonight. And once they gave us our shot, that's all we needed. And 
Yeah, we do. we're not, we're not going to be denied during the last restart. Cable to catch up now with the latest winner in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and it was a win that got him the 2021 NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship. Daniel Hemrick joins us here on the show. For those that have followed your, your NASCAR career, a uh, couple of years at Brad Keselowski Racing in the truck, a couple of years at RCR in the Xfinity Series program, moved up the cup for a year, then, then to, to Junior Motorsports last year for a part-time schedule. A whole lot of second place finishes, finally got the win here this weekend, but did the, the, the naysayers, did the, the doubters ever get to you these last couple of years, especially last year when you weren't running for a championship, you weren't full-time? Not really, man. I got to tell you, you know, and Dave would be proud of my response here is all that's noise, right? And not that he taught me that because that's the way I viewed it way prior to my time here at JGR. But I think learning how to take that noise and use it as a motivator, I think was something that um, Dave Rogers' leadership has helped me more with, take me to the next step with within this season. And obviously it took way too long for that to come to a, to a head, but I'm glad it finally did. But you know, that's why I addressed them at the end of the night. In one of one or many of the interviews, I made sure I thank the fans, the people that have supported me along the way, and for sure want to make sure the people that have doubted me that I, that I love them just the same. Coming up, we hear the best moments of Ben Rhodes' championship winning season. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Ben Rhodes started and ended 2021 strong by becoming the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion for the first time. Let's look back at that season and his best moments on this show throughout the year. Boston Wayne Self gets turned further back. He'll spin to the infield. Roper leads to three. Corey Roper leads by a truck length, but here comes Ben Rhodes. Here comes Matt Crafton trying to line up. Crafton nearly gets the outside wall. They're three wide behind him, but Corey Roper leads. Here they come. Sparks flying. Trucks wrecking. One of them goes sliding wide to the checkered flag. They come outside lane. Ben Rhodes on the outside lane wins at Daytona. There's a huge crash further behind them. No less than a half a dozen trucks, if not more. Everybody skitters and slides all the way down to the inside. But nevertheless, Ben Rhodes, a huge move on the outside lane, takes it up against the safer barrier, and he will go to victory lane. I mean, you can dream about this. I've dreamed about this. I can't tell you how long. I've dreamed about this since I was seven years old, and it's it, nothing describes the feeling. I mean, nothing describes the feeling. I've had very few days like this in my life that have this much elation. My marriage day, a couple other wins, Kane and Championship, but this is this is right up there with all of them. I mean, this is Daytona. You don't even need to explain that. You know, like this is Daytona. Enjoy it. Oh, I'm gonna enjoy every second of it. Ben Rhodes is with us now. He drives the number 99 Toyota Tundras for Thor Sport Racing, and he won the season opener at Daytona, and he's still got a huge smile on his face after doing all that. Yeah, so I didn't realize that it was as crazy as it was until afterwards, and I went and watched the replays. Like, that was an insane race. So I knew up front, like, that, that we had so many lead changes, and it seemed like nobody could keep the lead longer than, like, a lap. You know, it was just back to back. And I, I thought that this was one of the most entertaining races and, and recent history for the truck series. Creed is going to have one final shot and he's not going to get it. The caution flag is flying. The field is frozen. And Ben Rhodes is going to win on the road course in Daytona. Ben Rhodes won the season opener last week. 
and now he's going to come back to the World Center of Racing, and here they come out of turn number 14. The caution and checkered flag is waving. Ben Rhodes starts the 2021 season with a double dip and a double trip to victory lane. Every driver dreams of winning Daytona just one time. You've won it twice here in a matter of seven days. Congratulations. Describe your emotions now. Oh, man, this is, we did the sweep. I didn't know that there was a sweep possible at Daytona, but we did it. <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. This Bombardier Tundra was fast from the get-go. Starting on the pole, I knew that if we just had played it safe, if I gave up the lead, I didn't care about the laps led, none of that stuff. We don't need an ego. We needed to win the race, right? So we played it smart all day, and the rain was so fun. I prayed for the rain before the race, and we got it. I just wish it stayed the whole time because we were making so much hay once I got the, the handling down on it. I, I honestly didn't want it to go dry, but I guess I'm glad that it did because it worked out okay. What have you learned in your, your past playoff experiences that is going to help you this year? Well, I think the big thing that I've taken away is how to see opportunities as they're presenting themselves. So when an opportunity is coming in the form of a, a hole or an opening or, you know, a caution, whatever it is on the track, and that can have huge implications for your whole season. I can go back and look at multiple seasons of my career and say, at this one moment, if I did this one move at this one moment, I could have been champion. Or I could have, you know, I could have won this race and that would have made me rookie of the year, whatever. Right behind them, looking for a championship is Ben Rhodes. Chandler Smith dominant in the late going when it counted the most. No challenge for him in turn number two. And the same for the championship. Here comes Ben Rhodes. Chandler Smith to the back straightaway for the final time. Unchallenged Ben Rhodes for the title to the back straightaway. Unchallenged back to three. Off turn number four, checkered flag in the air. Chandler Smith will win the loop. Oil 150. Chandler Smith will win the 2021 Rookie of the Year. Off turn four, checkered flag in the air. The 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion from Louisville, Kentucky. Ben Rhodes picks up the championship. He is, for the first time in his career, a champion in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Man, you were the first driver to qualify for the playoffs with that win early in Daytona at the beginning of the season. And now you're a championship is it everything you imagined? And then some. I can't even, oh God, this is just such an awesome feeling. Oh. I can't even describe it. You know, for so long, I've been racing in the series and we've never made it to the championship four. And now to do it and to win the whole thing, I can't even believe it. This is so, so cool. I drove the hardest last 40 laps of my life. I wanted it so bad and I was pushing the truck. I didn't even think I had anything left by the end when everybody else started wearing out. Somehow we did, and we're here now. We're joined now by the 2021 Camping World Truck Series champion, Ben Rhodes. I've been with them now since 2016, and over years, you know, they've, they've you know, given me support and, and have been building me up as a driver, and it's just really nice to be able to, to, to take all that support and turn it around and say, you know, thank you for these opportunities. I did, I did my job for you, <laughs> here, here, here you go. So um, this is the first time they've had three championships before this, but this is the first time they've got drivers and owners. And I know Duke really, really wanted the owner's championship. It's eluded them for a while and just so, so happy to deliver that because I know it's very special for them. And I said, ain't happening, Mamma Jamma. Bye-bye. Went around the outside in the resin and I said, goodbye.
Folks, that's going to put a wrap on this week's show. We'd like to thank everybody for joining us. I'd like to thank all the voices you heard on this show and all of the shows here on the Motor Racing Network. We're going to check out for the holidays. We'll be back next week in a brand new year. Hope all of you have a safe, healthy, and happy new year. We'll talk to you in 2022. For the rest of the MRI crew, I'm Mike Bagley. So long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.